The Talent Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, this is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. And I'm here today with David Green of IBM. Super excited to have you, David. You there? I am. Hi, Al. Good to, good to speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you are calling in from London, and I want to be respectful of your time and the fact that uh, family awaits. Uh, that said, you are a well-traveled man, <laughs> and you have a unique <laughs> perspective on the people analytics landscape. So if you would, uh, please introduce to our audience uh, yourself and how you define people analytics. Okay. Um, so hi everybody. Um, so yes, my role at IBM, I'm Global Director of People Analytics Solutions, which is a very grand title. But what it means is I'm, I'm actually very fortunate. Um, I get to write and speak about people analytics and the future of work. Um, and as part of that role, I travel the world and I've been to ooh, close to 20 conferences, I think, in 2016 from Sydney, Australia, through to San Francisco, to Singapore, I've been to India, I've been all over Europe. So I've, I feel that I'm in a fortunate position um, to see at first hand some of the great work that uh, people are doing in this space um, and then able to share some of that great work uh, through my blogs um, and also through um, some of the, the talks I give at these conferences as well. Um, I, I kind of I play a role somewhere between an ambassador um, for IBM, but also I, I think an ambassador for for the space, um, and a kind of pseudo analyst uh, role. I'm not completely neutral, of course, because I work for IBM and I'm really excited about the stuff that IBM is doing in this space. Um, but I like to think that I, I, I provide a balanced viewpoint on on what's going on uh, in this space in terms of you know great great vendors. Uh, great, great practitioners um, and companies that are, are leading the way. Um, so that's the main part of my role, which is where it, those of you who, who do know me that are listening probably probably know what I do. Uh, and then the other part is I work with customers um, to scope um, and design people analytics solutions for them. Uh, and IBM provides a, a mixture of uh, software consulting and services. Um, and then the second part of your question, I did remember it, Al. Luckily, it's uh, middle of the afternoon here for me. So, um, what, what people analytics means to me, I think, I think in sim- simple terms, I think it, it's the means uh, for business leaders to make better decisions about people um, that not only have a positive impact on the business, uh, but also on employees too. Um, so I think, like, like I've heard you say before, Al, I, I, you know, I believe that people analytics isn't just an opportunity for HR to raise its game um, within the, within the organisation. And let's be frank, catch up with the rest of the organisation in making decisions based on uh, data. Uh, but I think it's also a responsibility for HR uh, to make work better for its employees. Uh, and I think the business benefits that, that come from that are pretty obvious. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for to hear you um, pick up on that. And you know, based on what you see in your travels, do you see uh, practitioners and/or leaders, uh, quote unquote, getting it? Are they headed in the right direction? Generally speaking, I, I know there are certain uh, advanced practitioners or organizations or, or leaders that are, are getting it, but more broadly, do, do you see a momentum or, or a shift to more value-added? activities through people analytics? I think, I think the message is slowly getting through, um, probably not as quick 
because either you or me would like. Um, But I think it's slowly getting through. I've I've seen the subject, you know, I've seen the content um, conferences kind of shift from the why to the how. Um, Again, you know, I I see some people, I've seen some people conferences five or six times and, you know, I kind of ask them, well, you know, have you got started yet? You know, the last time I spoke to you, you were thinking of getting started. Oh, no, no. And you feel like saying, well, come on, it's time for time for listening is over. It's time to start the doing, you know. Um, so I think it's I think interest levels have, have really soared this year. Um, I wrote a piece a few months ago, just trying to collecting all the people and analytics conferences that I knew of around the globe, and I think I got to about twenty five. Uh, and I've since been informed about many others that I missed out. So I think that there's, there's certainly not a shortage of information being provided out there, uh, but adoption levels are still probably only rising steadily. Uh, so I still think it's still the preserve of the few rather than the many. Um, and we we do a survey every two years with CHRO, and only around 15% of organisations that we surveyed, and bear in mind these will be the bigger global organisations, were actually using predictive um, analytics in the people space. And I know there's, there's a similar survey that Deloitte do as well, and I think it was actually even lower, um, around the 10% mark. So I think the message is getting through, but I think it's, it, I think action is still some way behind, which is frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. This also goes, correct me if I'm wrong or you have a different perspective on this, is that many are defining people analytics as uh, staging data from disparate systems and visualizing it uh, through a reporting platform. Um, others are taking a research perspective and actually doing analyses on how people within the organization are thinking and feeling and still others are looking at the external talent markets and how to design their organization and bringing measures and analytics uh, to the fore to help with that. So the range of possibilities is extensive, as you and I have discussed in the past. So uh, the means in which it's defined is going to certainly determine the subsequent activities. So are you seeing uh, leading organizations in particular, those who are actually doing meaningful value-added work, um, do they have a more succinct or focused definition of analytics in their organizations? From, yes, I think they do. I think from the organisations I've seen, um, I mean, I was at a conference this week and Shell, Shell were presenting, so it's, it's, it's something that, that's, that's, that's stuck in the mind because it was only two days ago. They certainly have a very much a research-based approach to, to their work. Um, and they've very, care, they've very distinctly separated out the, the first part that you mentioned, the kind of the visualization and let's call it, let's call it reporting part. And they have, they have a, you know, a team that's, that's doing that. And then they have a research and an analytics team that is doing the, the, probably the second and the third parts that you mentioned. Um, and I think there is a difference between, between those two. So I think there's still, there's still a bit of confusion in the marketplace around what analytics is and certainly the distinction between analytics and reporting. So, you know, for example, when I talk to a lot of organizations and, and HR leaders even who are kind of getting started in this space, they, they say analytics and when they describe what they're looking for, they're actually talking about reporting and dashboarding and visualization. You know, all these things are important. Um, I think it's, it's good to understand what's happened um, but obviously the difference with analytics, it tells you why something's happened and, and maybe what to do next. And I still, I still think that there is, you know, a fair bit of education that is required before 
people get it um, better. Uh, I don't know if you'd agree, Al. Absolutely. I I think, uh, frankly, many uh, are diving into the work without understanding the possibilities and thus they go to what is right in front of them, namely the reporting needs and they call it analytics, yet they miss the fact that they could do so much more value-added work if they took a, a more focused you know, approach, which leads into your related question. You have a unique visibility of what leading companies are doing really around the world and that's an unprecedented uh, unique perspective. Uh, would you be able to pull out, say, two or three uh, commonalities among those organizations that are doing the more advanced work well? You know, the more predictive stuff, the you know, getting better insights into their employee base. Uh, you, what are some of the key attributes, whether from a leader perspective or a practitioner perspective? What do you see there? I think um, I think trying to pick just three. So I think the first thing is their focus on the business. So they they understand the business that they're working in. They understand what challenges that business faces. They understand how that business makes money, um, and they they have credibility and they're well connected with key stakeholders within the business. So they get to work on stuff that actually matters. So I think that's 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 one. But they also have the capability to actually. Um, you know, to actually speak to stakeholders, they've got good consulting skills effectively. So they can not just understand what the business problems are, but they can really drill down to the, the, the to the nth degree um, and and start forming some hypotheses perhaps before um, they then decide which project to work on. And, you know, and they have a very good way of prioritizing which projects are the ones that they should work on because otherwise you could you could work on so many couldn't you yeah. so i think i think that i think that's one really key skill that they've got i think the other one probably is that chro involvement so either it's something that's been an initiative that's been driven by the chro because if they're a data-driven chro and mark berry of course is a great example of that uh, Kathleen Hogan at, at Microsoft is a great example of that. Uh, Diane Gerson at, at my company, IBM, is a great example of that. And of course, the, perhaps the most uh, well-known one is Laszlo Bock at, at, at Google. You know, these are people that are setting the agenda uh, within the organisation for a data-driven approach. Um, and I think then uh, the teams get the resources, um, the 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 kind of uh, the exposure, shall we say. Um, and the support, um, you know, certainly when I've talked to, you know, some of the leading companies and, you know, understood what role does the CHRO play and why is it so important? They've said, you know, the main thing that seems to come across is, um, apart from the things I already said, is, is that when they find findings that are maybe counterintuitive, then they've got the support to actually, disc- you know, to explain and uh, to explain that maybe the findings are something that, people didn't want to hear or didn't expect to hear, um, but they can provide that extra weight and support to actually get people to listen and most importantly, take action um, uh, based on those insights. So I think those those two things are really, really important. Um, and I'd say the third one is, uh, again, I, I would say it's something where they've gone beyond having a great team and creating a great team. And, you know, we've talked before, 
about the you know the, the myriad of skills that you need to do people analytics successfully but they've then helped make it part of the the dna say of of, of hr um and the hr business partners so you know obviously we both know rj at chevron has done a fantastic job of effectively equipping 300 people within the organization with some understanding of what analytics is so they can have the right conversations uh, they've developed a passion for it um, so they've gone beyond you know the the team or, or, or small teams around the world so it's effectively becoming a movement and an approach um, to making people based decisions and I think once you've got that in place then you know perhaps it becomes a bit easier getting there not easy but once you get that in place I guess it becomes a little bit easier so I'd say those are probably the three things well, that's, that's fantastic. And just to wrap those up, you, you've connected to the business. So the, you know, what I would call a research agenda that has prioritized projects. So they understand the value that they're going to be delivering. And also I, I could hug you for saying CHRO involvement as opposed to sponsorship, you know, where they truly yeah. own it. And, and lastly, you know, a capable group that's not only doing the work, but enabling others, namely HR business partners, to affect change with uh, those that they serve. So, yeah, I, I love the list. The, um, the idea that people analytics is going to be done exclusively by internal people and technologies, for that matter, is uh, starting to be tested more than ever, at least from my perspective. In other words, there's a growing value proposition to effectively outsource some of this capability. Uh, and I think about HiQ Labs and, and what they're doing and identifying a flight risk. And so my question to you is, do you see uh, more and more companies being open to partnering or securing uh, vendor relationships to get work done. Because after all, you know, many have difficulty writing the job descriptions, <laughs> you know, creating <laughs> teams, you know, uh, you know, enabling them with the appropriate technologies. So you know, what do you see out there on, on this theme? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good observation. And, uh, you know, certainly, again, the conference I was at in Europe this week, um, Patrick Coolan, who runs HR analytics at uh, ABN AMRO, was speaking. Um, he actually has a relatively small team himself, and, and ever since the start, he's been partnering with Inostics, who were acquired by Deloitte this year, and doing a lot of the work for for for, for the bank. Um, you know, I, I, and I think, for example, in Europe, obviously, we have uh, tighter control, shall we say, around um, access to data, um, and by working with a partner that partner, Inostics, are able to drill down to the individual level, for example, on engagement data, which um, you know, any, of, any of Patrick's team within the bank wouldn't be able to do. So there's an example of, of, of I guess, you know, and, and then Patrick will say that their journey in people analytics was accelerated by the fact that it was, it was done as a partnership rather than him trying to create a team himself within, within the bank. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm seeing more of that, and obviously, we, as we, as we all know, the big consult, global consultants are all developing people analytics practices. Um, some, you know, further down the road than others. You know, so are the likes of McKinsey and and, and you know and all the other big consultancies that, we, that you would expect. And I guess there is that question, isn't there? That you know, if you're a big organisation like the one I work for, or, or like Shell, or like Chevron, or some of the other great organisations who are doing some fantastic work in this space it kind of makes sense to develop a team yourselves. 
But as you go down towards the, the kind of smaller organizations, you know, can you really justify having a, a five to 10 person team within the organization? Or does it make sense to, to partner with some, some of the vendors or consultancies that are out there? Um, and I, I, I would argue it's probably the latter, given, especially given that these skills are not the easiest to, to either define, as you, as you said in the question, or actually find, you know, um, and, and actually rehire um, because, uh, you know, these, these people are in very, very high demand. Yep. So I think there is that. And there are some great technologies out there. Um, you mentioned HiQ. Um, you know, there are, you know, there's a whole plethora of, of, of vendors that I could mention, you know, obviously I mentioned my own IBM, but, you know, there are organizations out there like Trustphere, who, who I know that, that you know as well, Al, they're doing some fantastic work around organizational and social network analysis and using email metadata, helping support um, decision-making around M&A and um, also understanding who's got the best relationships within the sales team, for example, with, with certain accounts. You know, the, and they're, you know, they're not, you know, organizations rely very much on uh, CRMs. Well, this enables them to, to, to go that, that, that space further. Um, companies like Workometry in, in Europe, um, run out of Switzerland by, by Andrew Merritt, um, you know, doing some really fantastic work in the employee feedback and sentiment and, you know, looking at text analysis, and getting some great insights through asking three or four specific questions on a specific topic rather than putting out a 50-question annual engagement survey, for example. Um, so I think, you know, there are organizations doing some great work in this space. And, and we, you know, obviously we both know Josh Burson and he's talked about this being a, you know, billion-dollar industry um, just in the employee feedback part alone. So, um, yeah, I, I, if I was running a people analytics function, yes, I, in, in a big company, yes, I'd want to build capability myself, but I'd certainly be looking to partner with the, the, the best uh, technology and um, vendors out there, maybe even some of the consultancies as well. Anything that gives you that extra advantage. Yeah, no, absolutely agreed. And yeah, I know we're getting ready to wrap up here, but a couple more questions, if I may. You know, obviously, we're in this state. There's good positive momentum. Uh, that being said, you know, there's a lot of companies that are just you know, struggling to get their data right and they're, they're just not getting, you know, over the hump. So as we fast forward over the next, you know, couple few years, yeah, I'm tempted to ask, you know, where do you see the future? But I'm not going to ask it in general terms. <laughs> what I'm going to ask is of those companies that actually, you know, make fundamental change. Yeah, if you want to summarize, what are they going to have to do between now and and then, and I, I know you've touched on some of these points, so it might be a bit of a recap, but I'm just really, you know, curious for those who have had start and stops, for those who, you know, have been, you know, frustrated with, you know, getting over the hump, uh, you know, what do you think is going to have to happen to, to shift them to get to the point where they're actually doing this work well and making fundamental change with the employee experience and making wiser decisions around talent? I think for those organizations that are struggling, then, then I think it's nothing short of a cultural cultural shift in mindset. And I guess that that is a big change management program. Um, I think there are organizations out there that get it. You know, those are new, the new companies, should we say, that are kind of got data at their core. They get this, you know. So, I mean, I'm implementing people analytics at a company like Google is obviously going to be a lot easier than implementing a, a company that's been around for 100 years. Um, which has, you know, several layers of bureaucracy um, and silos and everything else. So 
I, I, you know, I think you know, it's unfair to expect everyone to be like Google. Um, but yeah, I think it's a cultural, cultural mind shift and change and change management. I think ultimately, what that probably means is, you know, uh, organisations hiring more people into HR with with, with data skills, um, comfort working with data, analytical skills, leaders. You know, I think, you know, if, again, if I was running an organisation and I was looking to hire a CHRO, I might be looking for someone who was currently head of people analytics, um, you know, and thinking that would be the sort of profile I'd want to hire uh, as my new HR leader. Um, so I think, I think people are going to have to start thinking a little bit differently, um, you know, and, but the opportunity is massive. You know, if we look around the amount of change that we're going through at the moment, you know, we've had Brexit here in the UK and you're going to have President Trump in the US and the less said about that, the better. But, you know, change is happening so fast. And, you know, I think there's a growing realisation that for companies that, the, 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 you know, what makes a difference is, is, is the people within the organisation and people analytics is the, is the, is the you know, potentially can become the competitive advantage, I think. So, um, you know, and then when you look at, all the emerging data sources that are coming in. You look at the fact that, you know, I heard Josh Person say the other day that over 50% of the sales of Fitbit now are to HR directors. Well, if you want your people to wear those and you want to get the data from them, then there's got to be something in it for the employee. So how are you going to, how are you going to get employees to trust the organization to do that? Um, employees are, expecting a similar experience at work to, 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 as they get as a customer. So they want personalized um, data that they can use to, to benefit their career. Well, if you, haven't, if you haven't got your data in order and you're not doing analytics, you're not going to get to write any of that. Um, so you'll probably lose your best people to organizations that can. Um, and then the, I guess the, the other thing, if we, if we link all that together, is companies are going to have to be they're going to have to gain, as I said, they're going to have to gain trust, but they're also going to have to have serious conversations around privacy and ethics as well. Um, and that's why, going back to exactly what we said at the start, I know it's something you passionately believe in. Our, you know, people analytics isn't just about, you know, better business outcomes, it's about better employee outcomes as well. Um, and I think as the future pans out, or the next few years pan out, that will become even more obvious. And those organisations that are able to clearly articulate the benefits um, of people analytics from an employee perspective are the ones that will win. Yep. So that's my personal view. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, I love the, the narrative that you weave together because I think it's massively valuable, uh, number one. And, and two, I think it's uh, accurate. I, I think it's going to help um, guide HR leaders as they make decisions on what to do and what not to do. And if we get wiser, um, we're going to you know, be more efficient and effective in helping employees have better experiences, help the organization drive its economics as you noted so yeah I'm, I'm super excited to to hear where you're coming from on this so uh, final question how can people follow you and learn more about you and, and what you do well they, they could they, if they spend lots of time at terminal five <laughs> they might well see me um, but <laughs> joking aside um, they can find me on LinkedIn um, there are a few David Greens on there but they'd probably be able to find me because I write quite a few blogs on there uh, and I have a, a rather large quiff um, on the top of my head. Uh, I'm on Twitter, which is at David underscore Green underscore UK. Um, 
and they'll be able to find me at your uh, at your conference uh, in San Francisco in early February, where I'm flattered and 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 humbled that you've asked me to to help to help out uh, chairing the the conference. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it because uh, certainly when I came last year, it's a bunch of super smart people there, really passionate about this space, and that's why. You know that's why I'm so optimistic about it. I think with you know with, with some of the you know some of that those people that we all know, and I don't want to call people out to embarrass them, but they're they're so super smart and so passionate about what they're doing. I think it's it, you know if we're not able to infuse that enthusiasm amongst other organisations and other people within those organisations, then then I, I don't know. I mean, we may all just give up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, again, agreed and uh, super excited that you'll be coming out for that. And yeah, I, I true believe that we have huge upside. Um, there's a fantastic community that's driving this now and you know, inspiring others to do more creative work. So I, I sense we'll get there. And uh, with your leadership and, and, uh, and encouragement, uh, I'm sure more will join the community and, and make good things happen. So I super appreciate your input and, and sharing your energy and ideas today. I, I, and I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks there in London. Absolute pleasure, Al. And yeah, we're looking forward to welcoming you. It's probably going to be a bit colder than it is in San Francisco, but uh, <laughs> but no, you know, you, you act as an inspiration to to people like me and, and others around the world as well. So I think I think it's good we can we all kind of feed off each other. I think which is which is fantastic. Absolutely. Well, well, thanks, David. And uh, this has been David Green from IBM and Al Adamson signing off for today. So thanks for joining us. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Talent Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. For other podcasts and to learn about upcoming events, please visit talentstrategyinstitute.com.